0: Peace, mercy and peace to each one of you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Please be seated. One of the truisms that we find in Scripture that gets quoted a lot by people around us, and maybe you've said it, I've said it a few times, maybe more than a few, is, uh, is a paraphrase of something that Job said. Job said this, basically, this is my paraphrase, life is hard, then you die, right? You, You said that, maybe, in your family or somebody has said that. I'll bet you that if you find yourself quoting that, maybe it's because you or someone you know is enduring some pain at the moment. There are many ways of suffering. Think back on a young couple that I I met when I was finishing some chaplaincy training at Arkansas Children's Hospital. And uh, this couple came in, and uh, their three-year-old son came in before them. He came in in an ambulance. He had drowned in a swimming pool, and they had resuscitated him. But because his brain was now swelling and he had not yet regained consciousness, they rushed him to Arkansas Children's Hospital, and he ended up there. I don't know how long he stayed at Arkansas Children's Hospital. I had, I had met with them probably for four or five days, and the last time I saw the parents, they still didn't know if he would be normal or if he would have severe brain damage. He still hadn't regained consciousness. After all that time, they did not know whether they would ever have vacation again or if they would ever be able to save money for retirement, or if their savings and their life would be consumed now in caring for their son for the rest of their life. There are many ways of suffering. Our lesson for this morning speaks about suffering, and it is found in Romans chapter 18, I'm sorry, chapter 8, verse 18, and here's what we read. For I consider that the sufferings of the present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. That as our lesson for this morning, would you please bow your head with me? Dear Father, we ask that as we have heard your word and now we will continue to hear it, we pray that you would keep your promise And use that word to work in our hearts and in our minds, and mold us into the kind of people you want us to be, and help us to see that whatever it is that we endure in this life will be trivial and compared with the glory that you have in store for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Sufferings. The Bible speaks, or at least mentions in one way or another, at least five causes of suffering, and I'd like to run through that list. There may be more, but these are the ones that occur to me. The first cause of suffering, and I'm speaking of the immediate cause of suffering, and sometimes is God himself. Remember? There were... By the way, oftentimes we like to, for some reason, rescue God and say he would never do that. He, God would never cause suffering. Well, who was it that brought the ten plagues on the Egyptians? It was God himself, wasn't it? He brought the frogs. He brought the hail. He brought the darkness. He brought the blood in the Nile River. He did it all. God is sometimes the cause of suffering. Well, he wouldn't do that to a Christian. We wouldn't bring suffering upon a Christian, would he? Well, what did Jesus say? Every branch that bears fruit, God is going to what? He's going to prune it. All of those whom God loves, what does the Bible say? He disciplines. And so if you are a follower of Christ, you can expect to endure some pruning. Sometimes God himself is the direct cause of suffering, but we don't always know because we see through a glass darkly, the Bible says, or dimly. We don't always know the causes of our suffering, but then sometimes we come to a second cause of suffering, and that is the devil. Sometimes the devil brings suffering upon people, and upon God's people even. He brings suffering. Think of Job. And how God gave his permission for the devil to afflict Job. And and, uh, by the way, what was Job's response to that suffering? He cried out to God, didn't he? Cried out to God. What did Job say? Right there at the beginning of the book of Job, when the suffering first came upon him, he said, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So notice something here. Job attributes to God what the devil had done to him. Isn't that interesting? He attributes his suffering to God, and yet we know that it was Satan who caused his suffering. And you know what else the Bible says? It says this, in all this, Job did not sin with his lips. So he was not wrong in attributing this to God. Why? Because God didn't have to allow Satan to do it. God could have stopped it. And so, uh, so uh, for Satan to afflict Job, he had to get God's permission. Remember that? God had put a hedge of protection around Job. And then when Satan asked, God took that protection down, and Job lost all his children and became ill with sores all over his body. And sitting in ashes, he called out to God. Now that ought to be your response and my response too in the midst of our suffering, shouldn't it? There's a third cause of suffering, and sometimes it is intertwined with some of these other causes, and that is suffering at the hands of another person. Sometimes, well, people can just be mean, they can say mean things, they can do mean things. Stephen was stoned because of some. Uh, his suffering was short, I guess, I grant you that, but still, or St. Paul, stoned, beaten, whipped at the hands of other people. Maybe they were doing the work of the devil, but still it was at the hands of other people. Fourthly, sometimes we bring suffering upon ourselves. We aren't careful when we're driving our car and we have a wreck, we end up in the hospital. Sometimes we sometimes we just bring it upon ourselves. We walk through the living room in the middle of the night and it's dark and we bump our shin on the coffee table and it hurts and we've just brought about our own suffering. Not necessarily any malicious cause at all, just sometimes we cause our own suffering. And sometimes it is malicious when we cause our own suffering King David sinned with Bathsheba, and directly because of it, God said, Now, therefore, the sword shall never depart from your house. Sometimes it's our sins. Sometimes it's our carelessness. Sometimes it's none of those things. It's just just accidents happen. Behold, I will raise up evil against you out of your own house, God said. And so David's son Absalom led a rebellion against him. Finally, the fifth cause of suffering we find in Scripture is that we just, we just live in a fallen world and things are imperfect in this world. Isn't that true? Accidents happen. A sinkhole opens up and swallows a car. What can you do, you know? A bridge collapses or a building collapses and people are injured and they're killed. In a sinful world, there is nothing that is perfect, at least not me. You live in a body that is subject to decay, and so do I. Some of us more than others. Problems arise and our best days are usually just pretty good. Suffering is common in this world. If I'm honest, most of the time when suffering happens to me, I don't know what the cause is. Sometimes I do. Some, usually it's my big mouth, but sometimes, sometimes I have no idea. and. Uh, I don't know, but there is a, a response that we can have, and that's the response of Job to cry out to the Lord in our times of suffering. And there are two, two, uh, uh, two biblical reasons we have to rejoice in our sufferings. And that's what Scripture says to do, is to rejoice in our sufferings. And the first is this because we're not going to endure it for very long. We have a Savior who endured this same imperfect world. You know, he came from a perfect world and and heaven, and then he came to an imperfect one to live and be subject to the same kinds of problems and the same issues that you and I have living in a sinful world and an imperfect world. But more than that, he came to suffer, to die for my sin and for your sin. And he did do that when he did, he took the payment of our sins so that we can go to the perfect place and be with him forever. He suffered punishment. He suffered at the hands of men, at the hands of an imperfect world, and at the hands of God himself who put upon him the punishment for my sin and for yours. Now, if he would do that, if he would come into this world willingly and willingly do that, For no other reason than that he loves you and he wants you to be with him forever. Don't you think you can trust him, whatever comes your way? Of course you can. One day when he takes you home, you will see clearly on that day that the sufferings of the present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that you will finally see. But then secondly, not only do we have the promise of eternal life, our sufferings will not last long, they won't last for eternity, but 10 verses down from this one, the scripture says this, for we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God who are called according to his purpose. So even our sufferings, even if we bring it upon ourselves, how many things does it say he's going to cause to work together for good? All things, all of it even those that are my own fault. Now, if he's ultimately working it together for my good, why would I complain about that? Why would I complain about good things? Because it's ultimately going to be good, though it doesn't seem like it right now. And so I will do what the psalmist said. I will pour out my complaint to the Lord. But don't forget to thank him before you conclude your prayer, because it ultimately will work out for your good and When I say, ultimately, that means heaven. May God grant this for you and for me, and may the peace that passes all understanding keep your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen. Would you please bow your head with me again? Gracious Father, there is a lot of suffering in this world. We pray, especially right now, for those who are still missing and for their families when the building collapsed down in Florida. We ask you, Father, to rescue those, if any, who are still alive, to comfort those who have lost loved ones, and ultimately to bring this about for your glory. We pray also a special prayer, Heavenly Father, for Shar sister of pete bladel who is having surgery tomorrow we pray that you would guide the doctor's hands and their minds as they work with her and that you would bring about a good conclusion to this suffering we pray for that in jesus name and then father once again you have brought us to the morning and protected us through the night with your holy angels we have lived to see another day refreshed and sound and for that we give you thanks and praise Now we ask that you would grant that all our doings and our will will match yours. Of your great mercy, forgive us the sin that accompanies us, and govern with your Holy Spirit our efforts, our intellect, our desires, our thoughts, our words, and our works. Grant it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Um... Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Amen.